Welcome, everybody, to the Celebrating Life teleconference this evening. This is Susan Wallace, and it's, it's really a treat and a pleasure to welcome you and to share this time with Reverend Susie Roos, who's been a minister in Celebrating Life for a good long time. She's been with Celebrating Life practically since the very beginning, attending the first retreat that was ever held at Celebrating Life by Padre Ron Ross. Susie's also a professed monk in Celebrating Life and has her own healing ministry where she uses a lot of the tools and the principles that have been taught through Celebrating Life. Eleven years ago, Susie saw the need to bring the holistic approach of medical care to the world of cancer treatment. And she's done quite a lot of work there. She uses nutrition and essential oils as part of her work with people with cancer. She loves essential oils and has a great deal to share with us tonight. So, Susie, do you want to say a prayer to get us centered and started, and then we can start talking about essential oils? Okay. So I'm just taking a deep breath and invite everybody to do the same. Come really centered in your heart. And as we feel great, gratitude and appreciation for sharing time together in the presence of that which births us and sustained us and in which and through which we actually have everlasting life. Beloved one, beloved one, thank you for this time together. I ask that I be your channel of information of grace and of love as I share that which you have guided me to learn that offers the betterment of body, mind, and spirit for all of us who are seekers and believers and lovers of your name. And with this gratitude, we all say, Amen. Amen. And I affirm that each of us is guided to bring our focus to what we want and need most from this call and to, and to receive it. But even if we're not consciously aware of what we want, we affirm the grace that we're all highly blessed through this conversation this evening. So Susie, I want to jump in because I know you have loads to offer us. And you said to me that talking about essential oils with the Celebrating Life community is coming full circle for you. So can you tell me what you mean by that? Yes. Well, it was a long time ago, probably in the mid-90s, shortly after I joined Celebrating Life, when Padre was actually selling an essential oil kit called the, the Spiritual Oils of the Bible or something like that from a company that was but I don't believe still is, the premier essential oil company. And I bought that set, which was my very first experience with essential oils. So decades later, (laughs) I know just how amazing these oils are for emotional, mental, and physical, as well as spiritual support. And I'm thinking that there are probably many other in our community that might be using these oils for themselves and their loved ones. But for those who don't know much about them, I'm really happy to bring this amazing gift of the earth and of God back on the radar of our members. 
terrific. Thank you. Wow. So you've been you've been working with essential oils a long time. Yes. <laughs> and I know that we're talking about essential oils of the Bible, and you said there are many, many references to essential oils in the Bible. I think you said even hundreds. Can you talk about some of those? Yeah. There are actually something like 33 specific oils mentioned in the Bible in Isaiah, Hebrews, Exodus, Proverbs, the Psalms, and also in one of my favorites, the beautiful Song of Songs. Altogether, there are probably 600 Bible references to essential oils and aromatic plants. Or another way to break it down is this way. 36 of the 39 books of the Old Testament and 10 of the 27 books of the New Testament make reference to plant oil. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's a lot. Like when how is, are they mentioned? Yeah. Well, okay, let me share. I mean, I could share a ton of them, but I'm going to share, if it's okay, a few probably very popular references one is in Proverbs where it's, it talks about oils as a treasure to be desired and something to keep in the dwelling of the wise by which one may fare well and lay up for the future. And wow. I feel like all these years later, essential oil enthusiasts and students are saying the same thing. But in modern language, I would say, Essential oils are gifts or treasures from God that naturally and potently support our bodies to heal, regenerate, and be whole. And as you know, Ron was always reminding us of this potential we all possess. And one of the cool things about the oils is they work on the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels just like the healing that's celebrating life has always supported since at least as long as I have been involved with celebrating life. Yeah, healings at celebrating life really do go across, as you said, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And so the oils work similarly. Yeah, and it's also, I'm going to talk in a little bit maybe about the vibrational aspect because I think that dovetails so much with teachings of Ron and Padre and Dana and and others. But another example from the Bible, which is uh, pretty well known from Exodus 30, I'm going to read this one a little bit because I don't have it memorized. Then the Lord said to Moses, take the following fine spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant calamus, 500 shekels of cassia, all according to the sanctuary shekel, and a hint of olive oil. Make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. It will be the sacred anointing oil. And then a little bit later in the same passage, it says, take sweet spices, which included myrrh with pure frankincense, and make an incense as by the perfume, and put parts of it before the covenant in the tent of meeting, where I, the Lord, shall meet you. It shall be for you most holy. It shall be regarded by you as holy to the Lord. You shall consecrate the tools so that they will be most holy, and whatever touches them will be holy. 
So pretty wow. powerful. Yeah, and this, so yeah, this is really. the oil that, that Moses was told to use for anointing the people. And the last one, quote, I think I want to take from James, having to do with anointing with sacred oils, is this one. And I, I never, this was one of the earliest ones that I learned from Ron. Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And because of these things, these types of quotes, and it's just why I really like to use an anointing oil. I remember Ron telling us whether we were ordained or not, we each have a ministry. And one of Yeshua's roles was to take out the middleman and support us in making direct connection with God. And in the same spirit, I feel like we can make our own anointing oils and anoint ourselves and others for use in prayer, sacred transitions, meditation, and healing. Probably the best-known biblical anointing blend uses frankincense, rosemary, spikenard, myrrh, and hyssops for anointing the sick. And I actually have a recipe I love for anointing, and I like the fact that I received it from a faith-based physician. And I would love to give this recipe to anyone who's interested. And I don't know if this is okay to do, Susan. What I thought I would yeah. do is if if anybody wants to just shoot me an email with the word interested on the subject line. I don't know another way to do this. That's um, perfect. And, and where will they email you, Susie? Um, you could do it to um, scessentials at yahoo.com. Or some of you already have my rev, Susie at BlossomingHeart.com. That's fine, too, either one. So SC Essentials cool. at Yahoo. Yeah, I thought that would be fun, and I'd like to, I like to introduce people to things like this. I will certainly send you the recipe for the oil that I use most often for this purpose. Oh, cool. So we can make our own. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's Excellent. the beautiful things about essential oils, whatever we're using them for, with just a few safety instructions and, and knowing what kind of high-quality oil to use. There's so much we can do for our own health, our spiritual health, our emotional health, our physical health. And I love the fact that they have such a rich history, and now they have more and more science behind them. And there are probably four stories in the Bible about women anointing Jesus with oil. And I wanted to share something about one of them that I found really intriguing. It comes from the book of John, and it's where it's talking about Mary of Bethany poured a pint of nard on Jesus' feet. Now, some biblical scholars think it's referencing spike nard when it talks about nard, while others think it was lavender, which comes from the Nardia region in Greece. So it was that instead of spike nard. And I don't know who's ever smelled spike nard, but it smells pretty yucky. <laughs> it's not one of the <laughs> nice smelling oils. But in the Bible, it says when she poured the oil, the fragrance filled the air. So if indeed it was lavender, which is very fragrant, one of these scholars was suggesting that Mary applied it to Jesus' feet in worship seven days before his crucifixion as a conduit for God to be anointing his son for the crucifixion. 
and the scholar was asked why seven days and the reply was that seven is the number of completion and then oh. what's the what's the relevance of lavender well lavender is known to stop bleeding on contact it's good for skin lacerations and bruising and it's very calming to the human nervous system all of which would have served him during mm-hmm. that that human challenge or trial so I, I wanted to share that I like when we have sort of this mixture of the old and the new yeah I, yeah I like your idea that it was the lavender also that that makes more sense and I can I can actually just imagine that beautiful fragrance going into the air and bringing the 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 calming effects of lavender to, yeah. to that what was becoming a tense a tense time right and even if Mary wouldn't have known what was going to happen in seven days we can wonder if Yeshua or Jesus was possessing Mm -hmm. that knowledge sure Um, so there are a couple more oils that are referenced very strongly in the Bible and I thought I would just since that's sort of what we're focusing on that I would give you just a really short snapshot of them before moving on to maybe more modern things would that be okay perfect okay okay so one of them is cassia which is referred to in exodus and the psalms and ezekiel and that was used to perfume the hair since bathing was very limited. And I don't know how many of us know this, but in the Middle Ages, bathing was really frowned upon by the church. It definitely did not have the focus that, uh, what is that saying, cleanliness is next to godliness? It was not next. That's how I would, yeah. (laughs) So it was actually frowned upon as, I don't know, putting too much attention on the body. I'm not sure. So it was used to perfume the hair and I'm gonna speculate maybe even keep out some nasty things because cassia Uh and its cousin cinnamon oil are both used today as it was then for what we now call fungal infections and boils and and ringworm and uh, those would be handy if you weren't bathing that's right that's right and (laughs) Cinnamon is also great for blood sugar control, but I'm not sure if there was a need for that like there is today since at the time people ate real foods, the foods that God gave us. So a second oil is cedar wood. And some of us have heard of cedar wood as the cedar of Lebanon because that's the wood that was used to build Solomon's temple. And according to the Song of Solomon and Zechariah, cedar wood served as a symbol of security and stability. And it was also an oil used for cleansing leprosy. And it was a symbol of abundance and provision. That comes from the Psalms and Ezekiel and Numbers. And I thought that was interesting because cedar wood is still used today for grounding and stability. In fact, most of your wood oils are very grounding and balancing for our whole system. And just the sort of fun thing about cedarwood, along with rosemary and lavender, we use it a lot today for regrowing hair. I use it, uh, I I give a formula for people who've, let's say, done chemotherapy and now are growing their hair again, or for some of us that are reaching ages where we may naturally have some 
lots are thinning of hair. There's some great formulas and cedarwood is one of the oils for regrowing hair. I don't know if that has to do with its stability, but I just thought that was interesting that it's that we now know the woods are really great for grounding and stability. And that was identified back in Solomon's time. Well, what I'm getting from what you're saying, the wood oils would carry that energy of the grounding of trees with their roots deep into the earth. Right. And there, if, if some of the oil, well, all the oils also have what they call a note. Just like when you make a symphony, you want uh, high notes, middle notes, and low notes in certain combinations to create certain sounds and effects. Well, it's the same thing with the oils. And mm. the wood oils are a low note, you know, like a bass note. And they're very, very grounding. And just like I think many of us find trees themselves grounding. We sit in them yes. and or yes. sit by them or we hug them or, and we take advantage of that ancient grounding energy. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like the, the, the more that you explain things, the more I just get the sense that there's so much, so much for us in all different levels and different ways through, through the oils. Yeah, that's what's fun. You can, I mean, believe me, there are people who won't give a spiritual thought at all to them, but they'll use them for physical things or just for stress release or for fighting an infection. I know when I started, as I said earlier, when Padre actually was the one who introduced me to them, it was, I was just really looking at their spiritual purposes. And and one of the other oils that's part of sort of this these very commonly spoken of in the Bible is sandalwood. A lot of people use a sandalwood Mm. incense too. In fact, that's what it was originally used for or as was an incense in religious ceremonies and for enhancing meditation. And the Egyptians, by the way, the ancient Egyptians used sandalwood as part of their embalming process. And in Proverbs, it states, I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes. Aloes was one of the names for sandalwood and cinnamon. And today sandalwood is still used to, to enhance meditation. We know it affects the pineal gland, which is one of the physiological gateways to having what we might call these spiritual experiences. It's also really beneficial to the skin. A lot of skincare products have sandalwood in it. And it's one of the, the little facts is it actually can help retard the graying of hair. It has cancer-fighting properties. I use that a lot in, in, with my people with cancer. And it even has a little sedative effect. And some people consider it a little bit of an aphrodisiac, which might be why it was mentioned in the Song of Songs, which I think is a very, I don't know, sort of like a sensual piece, the Song of Songs. So sandalwood is definitely one that has been around and used for a long, long time. This is just an amazing world you're opening up for us here. And <laughs> yes. I'm wondering, Susie, so you're talking about these ancient references and uses of oil and then, of course, today we have more modern science. And is there, a, is there any science today that looks at the use of essential oils and kind of explains how they function on all these different levels? Yes, there are actually hundreds of studies. Take frankincense, right? That's another one of these ancient oils that's 
I don't know, spoken of at least 20 plus times in the Bible. And of course, we all know that was one of the gifts, right, to baby Jesus. And it's still today known as the king of oils. In fact, we have a saying in the essential oil world, when in doubt, use frankincense. (laughs) And it's not, that isn't based on its historical use. It's based on modern science. Specifically, frankincense has been, is, has been found to be a very powerful antioxidant and it promotes DNA repair. The oils in general are like the lifeblood of the plants. So they're filled with all sorts of beneficial nutrients, oxygenating molecules, they have minerals and vitamins, and they're also the immune system of the plants. They defend them against microbes and predators, and they also are used to attract pollinators and sunlight. So we get to be the beneficiaries of this because we're enough alike that we can, that we can harness this life-promoting and protecting attributes for ourselves. And one of the things is fascinating, we now know, we certainly wouldn't have talked about this centuries, let alone millennia ago, that there are really tiny molecules that can get into every cell, including our brains. They actually cross the blood-brain barrier. In fact, one of the reasons people don't usually get chemotherapy if they're suffering from a brain cancer or metastasis to the brain is because chemotherapies don't cross the brain barrier, but frankincense does. So I have people put frankincense on areas of the head if they're dealing with a, a brain cancer or if they've had radiation, which causes swelling in the brain. Frankincense was found to be just as effective in decreasing swelling as using a steroid. Wow. So they're, they're really, they're, and something I want to say that the essential oils are super powerful. For instance, one drop of peppermint oil is equal to 28 cups of peppermint tea. And if we were live together, I would have people trying a drop and experiencing (laughs) that for themselves. And something that I still can't even wrap my head around is each drop, and we only use drops at a time. So even if an oil is a little bit more expensive, like a frankincense is more expensive than, say, a bottle of lemon oil. But even if it's a little bit on the expensive side, we only use drops at a time. And this is the thing that sort of blows me away. And I can't, I'm not that good with numbers. I can't really wrap my head around this. Each drop has, four, each drop has 40 million trillion, which I think is called a quadrillion, but 40 million trillion molecules, each drop. So since we only have 100 trillion molecules in our body, that means every drop provides 40,000 molecules for every cell in your body. Wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard now, to... Is this, yeah, it's amazing. Is this, I know that you can apply oils to your body you can also ingest them does what you're saying apply to all the different ways that they can be used well not every oil can be ingested Um, all right of course uh, and you never want to ingest oils if they are not of a therapeutic grade that's quality is really really important here And some people go, well, I'm not really, 
I'm not going to ingest them. I mean, I'm just putting it on my skin or I'm just breathing it in so I can just get the less expensive one at Target or something like that. And I'm going to say, no, that's not true. <laughs> when you put things on your skin, they get your skin is your largest organ of, of absorption in your body. So, and they, they go right, these oils are so tiny, they get into your cells and they go right into your bloodstream and they don't even have the benefit of the liver to sort of filter them, you know, look out for the toxins. So even if you're just putting them on your skin or you're inhaling them, they go, they also, just like oxygen you breathe, gets into your bloodstream, so do the oils. And some of the oils go right up to when you breathe them in. They're, they're, essential oils are called volatile. And I don't know, mm. I used to think volatile was like not a good word, like someone's really volatile, angry, and whatever. But what it means with regards to oils, volatile means that they, they just give off their scent um, immediately they evaporate in the air that's what they mean by volatile and so when you breathe them in they go right to your the nerves their olfactory nerves those are your smell nerves and from there they hit your limbic system in your brain which which is the only part of the brain that has any access to an outside like sense so this is pretty powerful. And our limbic system is where our emotional memories are stored, which is why if your grandmother used to make, well, we'll say oatmeal cookies or something like that a lot, and now you walked into your, your neighbor's house and she was baking oatmeal cookies, what would happen, Susan, probably? So you feel like you're back at grandma's, huh? You got it. And that happens yeah. immediately because the limbic system, the smell and emotional memories are so tied up together. So we can't, and, and our experiences and these emotional memories inform how we respond or react to our environment. So that's how we can use essential oils to calm us down oh. or have a different response to a trigger. And it's kind of like for any of the people in our community who do, let's say, diksha, right? Mm -hmm. When you put your hands on or near the parietal lobes, which are on the side of the head, one of the reasons why diksha promotes this sense, this experience, experience of oneness is the parietal lobes are the part of the brain that are used to dis distinguish self from another. So when we do the diksha, we're, we're actually, we were influencing this perception of self and another. We're blurring that line. And the, the oils in their way, when they hit the limbic system, they're changing how we respond. And the reason they can have such a physical impact on stress is the limbic system also is very much related to the part of the brain that is looking at, that, that's uh, regulating our heart rate, our blood pressure, our breathing rate, our cortisol levels, you know, our stress hormones. So there's, it isn't just, I like to share a little bit about this 
so that it becomes clear. It isn't just that, that, oh, that smell just makes me feel happy. It does do that too, but it's, it's so much more than that. And another thing I, I, I want to say, I, I mentioned this just a little bit earlier when we started about this idea of frequency. You know how Ron used to talk about how our words are a frequency or a vibration, and in the Bible it says in the beginning was the Word, and the words was with God, and the Word was God, meaning that God yes. spoke his creation into everything, right, by his very Word. And when God created the plants by his speaking voice, he imbued them with his word and intelligence. And I think, personally, that's one of the reasons artificial medicines don't have that same power. I feel like essential oils are divinely ordained as medicine for God's children and are meant to be used along with prayer. And about this frequency stuff, the frequency of oils, the, the vibrational frequency of oils are anywhere between 52 and 320 megahertz. And I, I want to touch on this a little bit because I think everybody in this community was aware of and working with vibration and energy centers. I know I certainly appreciate when I have the opportunity to be around Dana, Bishop Dana, and he's always giving us ways to work with higher and higher vibrational energies. Mm-hmm. And I remember Ron always talking about how the vibration in the room had to rise to invoke healing. Do you remember a couple times, Susan, when we weren't quite there as a group and Ron would be like, come on, guys, you've got to do a better job. We've got to raise the vibration or or I shouldn't use the word magic, but you know what I mean. Magic isn't healing isn't going to be happening. Yeah, well, he would put it right back to us to do our work. Right, right. Well, from a physical perspective, get this. Healthy people have a vibrational frequency between 62 and 68 megahertz, okay? And what we now know is when, so 62 is kind of the bottom level of being healthy. When we get below 58 megahertz, we, we sort of extend an invitation to get colds. That's why when we're stressed out and our vibration drops or we're eating foods that drop our vibration, coffee, which has many health benefits, one of the not benefits is it drops our vibration for a few hours. But anyway, below mm. 58, we're susceptible to colds. You get below 57, we're susceptible to the flu. Below 55, we're opening the door to candida. It doesn't mean we're going to get it, but it means we're vulnerable. Below mm-hmm. 52, now we're, we, the Epstein-Barr virus can land in uh-huh. our body. Below 42, that's when they say, now, believe me, most of our physicians don't talk about this at all, but the people who work with vibration have sort of measured this out. Below 42 is when cancer can get a foothold in your body and Below 25, we usually can't sustain life. So one of our things about healing is raising the vibration. And I always thought that when we had the gifts of healers like Ron and Padre and Bobby and John of God, and one of the things that goes on is the vibration gets high enough for long enough that disease cannot stay rooted in the body. And Mm -hmm. what's the connection with essential oils? Well, some of these oils have really high vibrations. Helichrysum 
is almost 200. Lavender is over 100. Remember, the healthy state for a body is 62 to 68. Juniper oil, which I use a lot for people who have kidney issues, is 98 megahertz. And I love this. The oil or the plant, and therefore the oil, that has the highest known vibration on the planet is rose oil. It had at a whopping, I sound like a commercial, don't I? A whopping 320 megahertz. Wow. And I I always think back, talk about making a full circle. Susan, you were in the community when Ron was so excited when he met the Coptic priest who was providing a rose oil. That yes. and I remember Ron. Remember Ron telling us he the reason he was so excited because there's other rose. These these wouldn't be rose essential oils because I mean the essential oil would have been prohibitively expensive. But it was taking drops of essential oil and or what they call a hydrosol, which is the water that has the essence of the essential oil still in it, even when the essential oil is removed. You know, it's like the residual. That's a hydrosol. So that's probably what this was. And and then adding another carrier oil. But he was so excited because Ron said when he smelled that particular rose oil that the Coptic priest was making, that that smelled the way when he had his spiritual experiences that evoked for him the smell of roses, that was the smell. That was the first time he found, I guess you could say, a human-made oil that matched the smell when he was having a spiritual experience that evoked rose fragrance. So it's kind of like Grandma's oatmeal cookies again, but a, a different, bringing us to a different Different thing than other than being at Grandma's house. That that rose oil brings us, raises us to a higher spiritual vibration. Right, right. And for Ron, it was it was almost like an anchor, which is a funny thing for to say something about something so light and spiritual and yeah. frequency oriented to talk about anchors. But I would imagine that that was a way that Ron smelling that smell it would encourage him. I don't know if he needed it, but to be mm-hmm. transported back to that experience. And here's something interesting, and I don't know who did these studies, but it was discovered that negative thoughts lower the frequencies of essential oils by about 10 megahertz, whereas positive thoughts increase them by about 12. Wow. And then I just thought this was really interesting. Prayer increases them by like, 15 megahertz. So if we apply them during prayer or we pray over them before applying them, it makes it and you more powerful. I thought that was, I mean, we already know negative thinking and lowers things down and adds a density in the body, but it's, I just thought there's so many things that we can do for ourselves and the oils are enhancing. Really, yeah, the word that's coming to me is supports. Like we we all need supports for our, not only for our practice, our meditation and prayer time, but then for carrying that meditation and prayer into our lives. And, exactly. And, um, yeah, I'm really getting the sense that the some of the oils are great supports for those was, intentions was that, was, that we have. 
Yeah, and if you use, you know, it's hard to carry a um, an incense with you to take to your office and use, right? Or to have, you know, like that's not very practical. But if you use an oil during your meditation or your calming time or your yoga practice, and then you apply that oil at another time, uh, it can yeah. help invoke or evoke mm -hmm. some of those feelings and that vibration. I love um, this because it's very practical. Very, I mean, the, the oils in a sense to me are a little bit esoteric, but you're, you're giving us really practical uses that make sense. Yeah. Thank there. One of the classes I teach is medicine cabinet makeover. That's a really practical application where uh. we're looking at how you can replace over-the-counter drugs and some not-so-healthy things that we use for symptoms that we have that we can replace them with these gifts of the earth. In fact, the oils that I use, because quality, as I was saying earlier, is super important. And you want to use an essential oil that is of therapeutic grade. And just like certain other things in our world right now, there is no government control or government standards for essential oils. So it's industry self-regulates. And so somebody could say this is a natural oil or something, and you have no idea really what's in there. And so especially, I mean, I, I would have this for everybody, but especially when I'm encouraging people to use oils as part of a, a healing path, I want to make sure that they're going to get the best results and the safest to use. So, so how do we know? You know, well, you, you as you said earlier, like they're at Target and all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And, and for instance, when I'm working with somebody with cancer and I say, you know, we want to get started with some of these essential oils, several essential oils are anti-cancer and they boost the immune system. There's lots of ways to use them for the stress, for side effects, all sorts of things. And if, if the person goes, Oh, and I'll mention frankincense because that is just such a fabulous oil. And if a person goes, oh, I'm already using frankincense, I'm like, awesome. Where do you get it from? And if they yeah. say they get it from Target or I get whatever the cheapest is on Amazon, <laughs> I'm going to go, no, 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 no. <laughs> so you want to make sure it's a therapeutic-grade oil and that it is being tested. I use a brand called doTERRA oils because I love the fact that they're so transparent. They have third-party testing, and, and you could actually, if you have a bottle of doTERRA oil and you flip it over on the bottom, you'll see a lot number. You can actually go on a website and plug in that lot number, and it'll literally bring up the liter of oil that your bottle came from because they don't do spot testing they test every liter and you can see the seven point testing that they do because to me if there are some great companies that have organic oils and i believe that they're true and they're not adulterating them and you know they're, they're trustworthy companies but the problem is we all know organic food or produce can still 
have pesticides today. Not that the person is doing them, but they get contaminated. Or there's so many places along the way of distilling oils and bottling them and then shipping them, you know, where things can happen. So I love the fact that you can check an oil for potency, for purity, make sure there's no heavy metals in it. It's not contaminated by bacteria. There's no synthetics in there and that it does what it says it's it's going to do. So whatever oils you use, you want to make sure that they have third-party testing that you can check. You also want to make sure that it has the it has the the like the Latin name for the oil on the label and if it's one you're considering taking internally that it has a supplement label on it. And there are a handful of there's a lot of companies that are what would you call it like riding the wave of the popularity of essential oils, you know, as they're kind of growing and you really want to be careful because a lot of them are synthetic oils and by the way perfumes and a lot of them are extremely toxic. The chemicals that they use are toxic. That's another very poorly controlled field and or industry and they do not have to disclose what's in their perfumes they can say proprietary rights we're not telling you and they can get away with that or if you've ever have you ever walked by a what is it like a yankee candle store or something like that and some people love to be in there and other people get sick walking in there or buy them yeah it's it's yeah there's a lot of fragrance there there's a lot of fragrance and most of it is synthetic and those uh-huh. are really toxic. Or using like a Febreze or those plug-ins in the wall to air freshen your room or those little cardboard things you can hang on your car. Those are so toxic. It's one of the first things I tell anybody interested in their health, but, it's, but certainly my cancer clients, get rid of those. We can use essential oils to freshen your room and they're going to have therapy. They're not just going to be a good smell and a safe smell, they're going to have therapeutic benefits depending what we use. The same thing with, oh, by the way, dryer sheets, those are so toxic. You're much better off getting like wool balls and then putting essential oils on them so that your laundry picks them up. Like your sheets, if you put, when you're drying your sheets, if you put a few drops of lavender on your, on the wool dryer balls, your sheets will pick up that smell and lavender is so good for calming and relaxing and aiding sleep. So you can have these wonderful smells that are not just wonderful smells, but they have therapeutic benefits as well. And, but you need to use, back to your question, you need to use a therapeutic grade oil. And, and, but that is also a made up term in one sense. So you have to check the company who's using it. And like I said, make sure they have third-party testing and then they're growing them in the probably in the, the indigenous regions where that particular plant has been harvested for, I don't know, for millennia because mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. I was fascinated to learn. I was talking to a grower who monitors oils from Africa, and he was talking about, I think it was, I can't remember at the moment, that it grew on the East Coast and the West Coast of this part of Africa, and their constituents were totally different depending where it was grown. So it depended on the purpose that you wanted for the oil. 
which one you wanted. And so there's a lot of things that go, there's a real science. And doTERRA is a company that is the biggest essential oil company in the world now. And I, I feel like they're leading the movement for high quality oils. And I'm really excited that they're opening their first health clinic since that's near and dear to my heart that people are given dietary and natural solutions and whole person, you know, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual guidance and essential oils and supplements first to support the body's ability to heal, regenerate, and be whole, which I think is the God-given abilities that we all have versus let's give you a drug for your symptoms. Right. Anyway, you just want to make sure you're using a therapeutic grade oil and that you can dig in a little bit to see what that means for that particular company. Well, I think you said the the one word support. What I'm hearing is on all these different levels, physical, mental, emotional, that the oils are there to support what our body and our minds and our souls want to be doing. They're enhancing and supporting. Yeah. Yeah. And there is so much, that this world of knowledge. I'm just wondering if people have questions, if they want to follow up or find out more, can they be in touch with you? Absolutely. Yes. You can reach out to me if you just want the anointing recipe, if you would like to learn more about the oils by attending a class or you just have some questions for yourself or one of your loved ones or you want to know how you can get these really high quality oils whatever just reach out to me at you can catch me at scessentials at yahoo.com you can also go to my website i have a couple websites but my essential oil website is selfcareessentials.com and there's a hyphen between self-care so selfcareessentials.com and there's a lot of information there about oils in general if uh, hopefully you or and your loved ones are not dealing with cancer but if anybody is you can you reach out to me anywhere I'll respond but you can also go to evictingcancer.com there's a lot of information I have on there too because Whatever it is we're doing, it's a healing journey. It's not just getting rid of an illness or an anxiety problem or a stuckness. It's a healing journey. And boy, I could just feel Ron's energy as I say that. Mm -hmm. So we have to embrace the unhealed aspects of ourselves, whether that's physical, whether that's an old trauma, whether it's a forgiveness issue, which reminds me there are some fabulous oils to support a forgiveness process or a grieving process or a focus your energy. Anybody ever need to get their energy focused? There's just so many ways to use these oils. I'm probably rambling on a little bit here. I, I, first of all, your, your enthusiasm, your passion is clear, and, and the fact that you know what you're talking about you know, <laughs> grounds your enthusiasm and your passion and that you have your science and your nursing background behind you. So I'm really, really grateful for for what you've shared with us tonight and which I know is is a part of of all that you have to offer so I'm and I'm 
happy that you're making your websites and you know your email available so people can follow up with you. And now you said you're going to give us an anointing now with your special blend. Did you tell me that? Well, I... An energetic anointing? I could do that. Okay. And I'm going to use the words infinite love and gratitude. And the mm. there's a... If anybody knows the sign language symbol for I love you. In fact, I'm going to invite whoever wants to do this to do this with me. If you take your hands and you extend all your fingers out, and then you take your middle and your ring fingers and you just bring them down to your palm so you have three extended fingers or two fingers and a thumb and two folded fingers, that is the symbol for I love you, which has been found to amplify the energy of love, to just amplify the healing grace of love. So I invite you to put your hands like that, and you can put one hand on your heart, or you could extend it out like we often do to send blessings to those around you. And take a deep breath as if your breath is coming in and out of your own heart. And open up your, your upper energy centers or chakras to really receive from heaven and ground into the earth so that we can receive the gifts and the grace of the Mother Earth. Beloved one. We open our hearts, our minds, our beings, and our bodies as holy receptacles and fonts for your healing love, grace, and wisdom. Anoint us in this in each moment as your sacred vessels that we may ever, ever offer your healing power and grace to all those knowingly or unknowingly seeking such through us. Let us touch an open, aching heart, troubled minds, discouraged souls, and ailing bodies to new possibilities and infuse them with the energy of restoration. Let your words flow through our lips and your grace through our hands and your love through our hearts. We know that healing opportunities ever, ever, ever abound because of thee. And so it is with deep humility and profound gratitude we consecrate ourselves to be your sacred vessels of healing, to be the open door that no one can shut. And in this deep humility and profound gratitude, we receive your anointing presence and we surrender and empty until we are filled only, only, only with the truth of who we are. So be it. So be it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susie. Thank you. We declare healing, peace, abundance to all on this call. Whatever you have come to the call tonight, seeking and more is yours. In the name of the divine, all illness of body, the heart, the soul is cast out of this space. 
as we make room for more and more and more of God to fill us. And for this we are truly grateful. I'm grateful, Susie, certainly to you and to everybody who's participated with us this evening. May you all be blessed and live in peace. Amen. Amen.